0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 93, about Gotham Mad City, season 3, episode 14 The Gentle Art of Making Enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David Mazouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord taylor and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to episode 93 of Gotham TV Podcast, where we're talking about season 3, episode 14 of Gotham, The Gentle Art of Making Enemies. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. Welcome. Welcome back, Gothamites. Yeah. It's the middle of summer and we're talking about the Gotham winter finale, <laughs> <laughs> the end of the three episode Jerome Mark. Um, so this is obviously our spoiler filled podcast about the episode. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Obviously you waited long enough for us to watch to watch it and talk about it. So, uh, so go, go have a watch. This is an excellent episode.
1: Yeah. This is probably. Uh, one of the best episodes, I think, definitely, uh, this season and probably maybe throughout the entire series so far. Yeah. And of course, all our podcasts are there available. Just go to www.gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, mm-hmm. or you can search any other good or evil podcast catcher. Just search Gotham TV podcast subscribe, listen in,
0: leave a review if you want, and that will be... Excellent. That'd be awesome, actually. We haven't had, haven't had any reviews uh, much this season on iTunes. No, I think that's because we don't say it, and it's now Apple Podcasts. We, we always forget that it's now called Apple Podcasts. That is so, true. Uh, pop on over there, give us a new review if you've reviewed us before, or give us, a, uh, give us a first-time review. It's lovely to get them from our, from our listeners. Just a little bit of an announcement to kick off. Um, good news. Good news. After last week's discussion about the, uh, the um, loss of Jade Logue, uh, Donald Logue's daughter, uh, she has been found and returned to her family, which is fantastic news i know a lot of people worried about it so uh congratulations to the lokes yeah absolutely great news to hear that uh she's back safe Absolutely, yeah, yeah, great, great news. Always good to start with uh, with good news. But I think with that, John, I think it's time to crack into our review of Gotham season three, episode fourteen, "The Gentle Art of Making Enemies." Yeah, yeah. This episode was directed by Louis Shaw Melito. Uh, he directed episode nine of season two, "A Bitter Pill to Swallow." That was the one that had Eduardo Flamingo. Ah, in the it. Flamingo. Yes, that's very cool. Uh, also, did three episodes of Lucifer so oh, far. Cool. Uh, interesting one for you, John. Um, early on in the season, he was a second assistant director on some movies including mall rats uh he did four rooms as well and one for you he did (laughs) children of the corn three urban harvest wow wow (laughs) wow i know louis louis
1: shaw melito um you are a legend (laughs) well second
0: second assistant director Mind, mind you, not not the not the one responsible. I am sure he I, did. The
1: moment where the corn starts sprouting up in a disused factory and the bloodshed begins, <laughs> and some mutant corn or maize plant begins to terrorize people who happen to be. Uh, randomly around a disused factory.
0: There you go. So if you're looking for something to watch after you've watched this episode of Gotham, uh, go and watch, uh. Yeah, Children
1: <laughs> of the Corn, The Urban Harvest. <laughs> and dare I say, Children of the Corn one is equally good. Um, in fact, sorry, no, is better <laughs> it's probably better uh, than the two and harvest. three started downward trend that mm. i don't think the franchise ever recovered
0: I from so. i don't think so but uh, out to the writer of this episode it was written by seth boston uh, he wrote episode 13 of season two did uh, dead man feels no cold that's where we had uh, had nora and um, and victor freeze cool that was a great episode really good episode yeah. really good episode so john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of the episode sure
1: The GCPD struggles to contain the riots committed by Jerome and his followers after the blackout initiated by Jerome. Unsure of what Jerome's motives are, Jim and Harvey consult with Leslie, who was the last person at the GCPD to have talked with Jerome. They identify that his target is Bruce Wayne. Whilst over at Wayne Manor, Jerome kidnaps Bruce and takes him to the circus, where he plans a theatrical execution in front of his followers. Accompanied by Alfred... Gordon and Bullock lead the GCPD strike force to the circus. Bruce escapes and fights Jerome in a house of mirrors, but resists the urge to kill him. Jerome is subdued by Jim, who literally punches his face off before returning Jerome back to Arkham Asylum. Meanwhile, in all the mayhem, Barbara, Tabitha and Butch threaten Cobblepot into helping them find and kill Nygma. Realising he truly loves him, Cobblepot refuses. However, it's all a ruse as Nigma reveals that he planned to make him realize he is incapable of love. Despite Cobblepot having proven otherwise, Nigma cannot reconcile Cobblepot and the death of poor, sweet, innocent Isabel, and at the docks shoots him. With order restored to the city of Gotham, the Court of Owls begin to enact a new scheme. As they prepare Bruce's doppelganger 514A for action, Jim is reunited with his uncle Frank, a secret member. Of The Court of Owls.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can tell this was a winter finale, can't
1: you? Oh, lots going on. Lots going on. And loads of intrigue. Loads of excitement. Loads of action. Loads of Jerome. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really good. And, And so many sort of cliffhangers here. We have the... Seemingly the death of Oswald Cobblepot at the hands of his right-hand man. I think he used his right hand to shoot him. Um, (laughs) Ed Nigma. We have Jerome causing chaos, but being sent back to Arkham Asylum after a fantastic punch by Jim Gordon. Absolutely. Um, We have Bruce realising the importance of not killing mm-hmm. uh, and that self-restraint. And now the Course of Owls are scheming, rubbing their hands together in darkened rooms uh, and... About to use the Ganger. The Ganger
0: and jim's uncle yeah yeah really yeah, interesting wow. i'm sure it was just a typo in your uh in your synopsis uh, but i do like that you called her isabel uh, i did that on purpose <laughs> it, i think no. it isabella
1: is isabella
0: yes. yes it is <laughs> Uh, yes, no, I like that. I like the nice touch, John. Nice touch. Uh, time to get into. I do into our- try.
1: I do yeah. try with my
0: synopsis, <laughs> but time to get into our our top five points. Uh, the way we cover our episodes is we choose five points that kind of represent the whole episode. So uh, we're going to start off with our case note number one, which is Ed reveals he knows Oswald was responsible. He certainly does. Um,
1: with also a vat of acid hanging over the mutilated car that Isabella had uh, once driven to her death.
0: Yes, another great um yeah. setup for Ed where he's separating. Proper up a Batman sixty six actually. But, yeah, absolutely. Loved exactly it. exactly what I was gonna say. A great a great moment where you say to the people, this is how you're going to die. It's going to be really ironic. You're on the body of the car of my my dead girlfriend. You killed her. There's going to be acid coming down. The ice is going to melt, and then the acid is going to fall on top of you, which basically gives you about 20 to 25 minutes to work out a way out of this. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. And in fact, probably Nigma gives Cobblepot the way out by sending
1: in the security guard. Mm, I possibly. don't think, given what happens later in the episode, that that was by chance. Mm. Um, certainly, uh, Ed is messing with his mind. That's very much so. Uh, a lot. And, of course, you know, close shave for Oswald, as the acid <laughs> was dripping between his legs. Uh-huh. If the measurement was off a little bit to the left, yep. a little bit to the right, um, there could be no baby penguins <laughs> ever. Ever.
0: Or he could just lose a leg. Could just lose a leg. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I think there was also a pretty close shave by sending that particular security guard in who seemed to question why he would help yeah. uh, Oswald out. You know, if you're in that position in Gotham, well, maybe you have done something that deserved you being in that position as kind of the the attitude of the guard. Great, great little moment there.
1: Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just what he, I'm going to die here listening to this imbecile talking. Yeah. Just really yeah. Uh, fantastic oswald cobblepot really and his complete disregard for anyone else
0: yeah yeah. yes speaking of that i just wanted to uh, put a little bit of our interview with uh with robin lord taylor from heroes fan fest in case you didn't hear it uh he just had something interesting to say about his relationships and about his attitude to love which i think is kind of what's going on in the in this scene here relationship between Oswald and Ed is not suffering because of Isabella, it's suffering because of Oswald. Right. Oswald is a person who doesn't understand boundaries, he mm-hmm. doesn't know what love truly is, and he is a, a fractured, manipulative person. So, so it really his his own doing that, you know, is he needs his own understanding in many ways. And this is one of the examples of that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so really he's saying that Oswald's own worst enemy is Oswald. He's a a character that doesn't know the boundaries. He doesn't know what real love is at all. Like this idea that he's killed Isabella because, well, he saved Ed from the future pain when he's definitely going to kill the woman and that's the love of his life, you know. That's really odd that
1: he would do that. Absolutely. And I I think this brings us into our second point, Mm. really. I mean, I I think it's kind of strange that to some extent – Oswald doesn't. He doesn't conceptualise other people. He does things for himself and so on. Yeah. But there is some form of feeling there. You know, it, it's all bound up with his with his mum, who was killed, obviously, at the hands of Tabitha Gertrude. Um, but you know, even here um, in the in the Sirens Bar, you know, as Tabitha Butch. And Barbara are trying to continue the plan that Ed has put in place, and it's really interesting, you know, that Ed wants to destroy the, everything he's believed in, i.e., that it it he wanted to show Oswald that he is incapable of loving, yeah. presumably even his mother, that you know, in in a sense. You know, maybe it's simply loyalty rather than love. And that's really what it is. Because it's kind of why in the synopsis, I did kind of add that line that, you know, just however, you know, really, despite Oswald almost proving otherwise, that he is capable of love because he refuses. He puts his own neck on the line. And maybe that's the first instance of it happening. Maybe his relationship with um gertrude and with ed he has mistaken love in the past for effectively being loyal for different reasons Mm. it seems like he respects loyalty and and cherishes that and maybe he confuses it with love yeah however we have here oswald refusing ultimately putting his neck on the line and to be shot or killed in some manner by barbara or tabitha or or um butch but maybe he's also aware that this is still a ruse going on like he's a really perceptive criminal he is he is
0: i, I Assume- do get that but i think he's he has been knocked to his lowest point here and as you, and as you say there's something really interesting in the fact that oswald is willing to put his life on the line in the past he wasn't able to save gertrude but tried to take revenge for her death he wasn't able to save his father but he took revenge for his father's yeah. death whereas this time for the first time he's putting himself up front and center and saying kill me um you're never going to get ed's location out of me so yeah. it does feel like he's he was pushed in that position by Ed, but it feels like he's actually taking it to a different conclusion than Ed Posh was going to have. Yeah, happen, no, so.
1: absolutely. And ultimately, all for nothing because mm-hmm. Ed is really not in a position to forgive uh, Oswald here and uh, takes him down uh, memory lane, really. Yeah. yeah. Back to the docks, back to the season one, episode one, yeah. where Oswald ends up in the drink, but this time. He's in the drink with a gunshot. Wound. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was. I mean, I expected it to come because I didn't see how they were going to come out of that, unless yeah. it was just that Ed, you know, takes Oswald away from Butch, Tabitha, and Barbara and pretends that he's killed him. Something yeah, like Jim that. What Jim did in the first. Effectively, like what yeah. Jim did. But yeah, this has real echoes of uh, the pilot episode, uh, and a really good um, interaction between Ed uh, and Oswald there. Uh, and actually, again, we've talked about this, and again, this is such a great shot uh, when it pans back, and there's just Ed left on the dock with the crane. Kind of in the overcast cloud and mm-hmm. the
0: mist, it's raining. Such a great shot, absolutely loved it. And again, the, the the kind of echo of the pilot as Oswald's falling into the water with the blood coming out of him. This time, it's really it's very definitively saying he has been shot here. There's there's no doubt yeah. here. It's not this isn't another situation where he's just been pushed into the ocean and he, or into the into the uh, into the dock to make his own way out of the city and come back at a later stage. He's been shot here,
1: and maybe this is the turning point where he gets his weight issues maybe
0: <laughs>
1: maybe Everybody... a long period of uh rehabilitation um from the gunshot wound means he's very stationary but he's eating a lot to get his strength
0: perhaps on. and also trying to get over a lost love that can be a time when you turn to yeah, food he hits the box of chocolate maybe exactly <laughs> maybe or but the yeah. tuna sandwiches <laughs> possibly i used to eat all the time after but he who kills. is going
1: to so... drag him out though will it be fish Oh, you never know. You never know because, you know, obviously earlier this season we have had Fish and Oswald effectively slightly connecting back up again. Absolutely. Um, So, and and that kind of old age loyalty again between the two, despite everything that's gone between them, uh, they've kind of seen it water as water under the bridge Mm -hmm. and, and it's past them. So maybe she has been keeping close uh, I eye, fish eyes on, on him. And maybe it could be her that rescues him.
0: Possibly there is, there is a very interesting parallel. I know that you bring it up. It's an interesting parallel between that discussion with Fish Mini earlier on in the season, where she told Oswald that she's so proud of what he's become. She's watched him grow into, into who he's become. And without Fish, there would be no cobble bot. She, yeah. she's the one that helped make him effectively. And he tries to use the same tactic on Ed, except he spits it at him. He, he says to Ed, without, Without me, there would be no you. There would be no um, Edward Nigma. You were a retiring, shy guy, and I'm the one that trains you into becoming what you are now. Um, we have a little bit of feedback that we'll probably talk about. this a little bit more later on, yeah. but I'm not sure whether that's entirely accurate. He put up with Ed's murdering ways, but he didn't push him into murdering to begin with. Ed was already there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it is quite interesting to see that, that uh, Oswald's take, trying to take responsibility for the person that Ed has become. Now, he did help him in many ways and did visit him when he was in Arkham and give him his puzzle box and be, was a shoulder to cry on many times. Um, and Ed is now, I suppose, a much stronger character than he would have been without the influence of Oswald. He
1: gave Ed direction after the fact.
0: True, yes. I think.
1: But I think it was Ed ultimately took those steps... Uh, by himself, and certainly I think um, Ed knows that. I think as well, before moving on, we um, see Butch being relegated to muscle for hire
0: oh what a what a, what a great moment there for uh, for oswald to just try try and get another dig oh, absolutely. in. absolutely you know he's like you used to be somebody in the city you used to be the right-hand man to fish basically uh when i met you first then you were a right-hand man to me you used to have a lot of power when you were working for me and now you're just relegated to hired muscle and, and it's kind of compounded by the fact
1: that when he says it'll take me five minutes to, to beat out, um, you know, the confession that Barbara and Tabitha are looking for. Yeah. Tabitha chimes in with, it'll take me three. Oh, absolutely. And you're just
0: like, <laughs> ah, now Tabitha,
1: yeah.
0: you know? And also a fun at the moment when he knocks out Oswald and, and is told by Tabitha, you know, that means you've got to carry him. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <Great little laughs> really moment. good little moment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: But I think on... To the main course here. Yeah, I think I think Jerome's three
0: points are gonna be Jerome related, right?
1: Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. Mm-hmm. Uh attack on attacks Wayne Manor. Yeah. Again. It's it's the last thing he remembers. It's the only thing that he is left for him to do from what he remembers. He can't go after Galavan. Um all that other all those other avenues have been shut down mm-hmm. uh through The fact that they're already dead, basically. So, yeah, here we have uh, Jerome going after Bruce with an attack on Wayne Manor. Um, and a lot of great stuff here i think um
0: yeah like I, what i do like about this particularly with jerome is because he's so crazy it's why am, why are you doing this well it's cuz the last thing i remember before i got killed was that i was going to kill you so i'm just going to go back and do that there's no there's no other reason other than that really no absolutely uh, he's the billionaire bruce wayne so we're going to go and kill him because that's what i did last time you know?
1: but here we see the start of bruce um really thinking about the situation that he's in i feel Uh, i think you've had that in the past but this is really sort of deliberate to really show you how the training that him and alfred have been doing Mm -hmm. and and a really good use of jerome's own um ego uh to to really say you're just going to do it here why not publicly so that you know by him time by alfred sometime ultimately mm-hmm. saves both him and alfred um and of course we see the owl statue getting destroyed and you're just like are they going to glue it back together i really want to know this like
0: really are you kidding me writers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you kidding me that you would take something that took so much story to get um access <laughs> yeah. to this owl statue the most important thing the court of owls were protecting And then just smash it on the floor with crazy Jerome. That's what, that's what the anarchy that Jerome brings to the show. This is something that was being built up to being probably in the finale of this season. And they just picked it up and smashed it. I presume there must be another L statue in the city. Yeah, no, they're going to glue know, it back but... together.
1: Bit a bit of uh, bonding. Um, it will be back, and the map will just be slightly skewed. <laughs> <with>. I actually <laughs> thought Jerome was going to like hit something and reveal the Bruce Cave.
0: Actually, well, yes, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really I, did. I thought when he was coming in with the uh, with the L statue that there would be something like it would have. I would have a flash of light and we'd see the map again, and Bruce would actually see the map. They still don't know what's in this owl statue is I being must put say, aside for yeah. something for a future use but now it's been smashed up that would
1: have been really cool if they had done that just as he then chucks it over his shoulder yeah so they know that something's there and like they then have to figure out how to recreate the owl to get the map i
0: glue it back together but maybe i don't think it's glueable, unfortunately but it, it, it almost felt and i i I I am honestly joking about this, but this almost felt like a two fingers up to the audience going, you thought that was important? It smashed on the ground now. It's not important anymore. You've been speculating about what it could lead to, what it could point to. Ah, Bruce and Alfred and, and Selena did the work to get this from a really secure location to take down the Court of Owls. And now it's gone. In one moment, which <laughs> you're like, was Bruce like, and Selina's love, it's gone.
1: Smashed. smashed into a million pieces. Oh, yes. Sorry, didn't laugh. Uh,
0: yes that's a bit that is very sad genuinely um i also love about this scene i love the moment when alfred is uh it's getting jim to help him um against the three guys that are left three of jerome's guards that, that was a really smart yeah. moment where it's like come at me you know uh, what are you doing over there with the crowbar in the corner on the right uh, and you <laughs> yeah. in the middle what are you doing with your gun and you at the back what are you doing you know uh, really good moment who are you talking to and he
1: comes out unscathed as well in fact he gets the knife in that's um, right i loved how sean Pertwee does that as well because like you could imagine where it would just slide in and the guy would fall to the ground but he grabs him you you really get a sense of alfred's anger Mm -hmm. as to what's just happened and his concern for bruce Uh, and he takes it out on that this guy after he he's kind of punctured him with his own knife yeah Uh, but kind of grabs him shakes him may even punch him but then just flings him back against the chair like it's almost like overkill but it's just it represents the the anger frustration concern that it has built up inside alfred for for bruce so uh really good the guy with the machine gun was useless i mean (laughs) talk about just sort of a very weak
0: kind of spray and then it jams I, I, it seemed like he was at the stormtrooper school of, of uh <laughs> of, of targeting really wasn't it big time um, yeah yeah terrible like he's he's aiming the gun at jim who's just hidden behind the couch isn't he it's just he just keeps yeah. firing the gun until it's out basically uh yeah not great not great but yes uh on to case point four it, It's the, it's the move onto the boardwalk circus this is something right out of the batman animated cartoons which were fantastic these were not kids cartoons these were really good cartoons but it really did feel like the joker has got his circus and um, big I, time i love how they piece it together that he's there it's it's uh, there's three locations that have, that have been taken over in gotham and they go well jerome came for the circus so that's obviously where he's gone um absolutely right of course but some of the attractions that are there are fantastic the <laughs> the citizens of gotham's being used uh, in whack-a-mole where their heads are popping up and someone's using a genuine hammer to crush their heads like absolutely yeah. crazy The the dunk tank with absolutely the, uh, with the the businessman sitting with his briefcase in hand um if he gets dunked there's piranha inside the dunk tank like how do they set yeah. that up in 20 the, minutes the
1: coconut stall as well except it's your head yeah. that has balls being chucked out, <laughs> out. Uh, a guy is the target for the bb gun. mm-hmm um.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's the... Um, it's not
1: a circus I'd like to go to, really, to be honest. Not really.
0: Um, no. I loved I loved just the little touches in the background of some of the scenes. You still saw some of the citizens of Gotham spinning out of control on the, <laughs> yeah. on some of the rides, screaming their hearts out because they're terrified, not because of the usual I'm scared. It's because they feel like they're going to get killed and that, probably are That
1: aren't. actually happened to me at the Goose Fur in Oxford. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's a fur that's held every September. Um Broad Street is closed down. There's all these fairground attractions. I was on the uh, teacups. Okay. Uh, me and one of my college friends were on there. The guy started it going, kind of indicated you wanted it to go faster. And we were like, yeah, did that. And then walked off for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. By the end of it, we were screaming um lying down in, in <laughs> this uh ornate teacup um trying not to throw up um and oh my God. trying to get as close to the ground as possible and then coming up gradually to try and s- effectively shout help would someone turn this off because he <laughs> went to go and get a hot dog was and his
0: name jerome he could well have been
1: it. But um, there yes, is a- I have never been on a
0: tea- spinning teacup ever since. But there is nothing more British than a, a, a teacup ride spinning out of control. Though, a brilliant... Yes, luckily
1: the uh, fruit scorn was there to catch my landing. I like
0: it. I like it. <laughs> but yes, possibly your that's your visit to uh, to Jerome's it house could of horrors. Well yeah. uh, but one of the other things I loved about the scene was his moment, uh, Jerome's moment in, with Bruce, where he's telling him about um, about how. He he controls people effectively. He controls it by not giving them any plan. He controls them by just giving them an excuse to do uh, what they want to do. You know, if you have a screaming baby uh, and you don't want to deal with it, kill it is Jerome's idea. Absolutely abhorrent, but this is Jerome. Yeah. Um, it really did remind me of the kind of anarchy plan of Joker in, in the dark Knight, uh, where he's saying that the city just, Needs anarchy. It just needs to throw in a little match, and the, the whole place will explode. Yeah. And Jerome feels like he is the match. And presuming this is the, this is absolutely the reason why they took it, you know. Yeah. Um. I also like the the idea that Jerome kind of incorporates Bane from uh, Dark Knight Rises. The idea that the low class workers want to are baying for the blood of the. The one percent, which is Bruce, yeah, you know, um, taking in both of those pieces and incorporating them into this character, Jerome, I think is a, a brilliant idea. Great idea, yeah, really, really cool. Really yeah. And keep bringing in more of those elements. Bring them in, why not? You've got Gotham is is open to use any of these ideas. It's it's uh, it's great to have them in this character, and this is why the character is so loved because they use the biggest and best of the of the villains of Batman within the character Jerome, and again, Cameron Mar- Manon just plays this so well. really, really well.
1: Yes, and even where he's the ringmaster and he's trying to do his plan and one of his followers, the cowboy, is just, he's going with it. He's loving it. He's like going, yeah, we can just all be crazy here. And maybe he actually was crazy. He's just kind of blooply blooping away On and Jerome just shoots him. Yeah go from that to him having to restaple part of his face back together. And all these little touches that just show the unhinged nature of Jerome.
0: Absolutely even the guy that does Love that it. does Bruce's makeup. Like he he does his makeup, he does a great Sad job of Bruce. the makeup. And then yeah. and then he's like and then he goes, um, but we need something extra. We need a smile on your face. And stabs the guy who's done the makeup, takes some of his blood and turns it into Bruce's smile. Like I wouldn't want to be a follower of Jerome. Yeah. Or at least if you are a follower of Jerome, Don't get anywhere near his hands or gunshot or anything. Climbing up the ranks to be close to the leader in that sense is not a good idea. But yeah,
1: I thought Little Sad Bruce was kind of great it was, it it was, was really
0: really good david, david Mazouz was fantastic absolutely. In this part. you could tell it was kind of you know he's been perfecting this look the the bruce wayne and dark knight look for three seasons where he's got that kind of proper grimace and proper growl he's been developing it and to have those features <laughs> yeah, accentuated by the makeup at the circus was just fantastic it must have been a great moment on set yeah yeah really good fun i think it's on to our final case now john
1: yeah the final showdown mm. um i mean Where to start here, I mean, I think, you know, we have the staples um, being put into his arm. I love how Bruce really just stands up to him until, like, the third one, where it's like, you know, stop. Um, We have, you know, the cannon being trained on Bruce, and he's using those staples then, you know. Holy bat staples. Absolutely. (laughs) Aware of his his surroundings what he can do to try and escape to keep him alive Mm -hmm. and then i mean going into the house of mirrors again another great cinematic uh look to 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 the shots in here i mean it's difficult to go wrong in a house of mirrors just because of what it does Mm. um but it must be such good fun as a director to to put it there i mean you it's so bright in there as well that you know the makeup and just the uh the acting of of uh Cameron uh, as Jerome and also David uh, as Bruce mm-hmm. really really good and i mean we you know all within this house of mirrors with a really important point being made, which is that, you know, Bruce is on the edge of losing it. But as he says to Alfred later, he knows that there is a, a line between justice and vengeance. Yeah. And he realizes that, you know, he pulled back from from that line into killing Jerome. And I mean, again, just how Jerome's face moved as David, sorry, as Bruce Wayne is beating uh, and punching his face. Oh, yeah.
0: just. Absolutely top quality I there think. is just there is nothing wrong with this scene it 's absolutely fantastic. Some of the shots are things that I thought couldn 't be accomplished properly. It must have taken so long to set them up. They felt like something directly out of a comic book there 's one moment where Jerome is seen across seven mirrors, but each mirror is a part of jerome 's body it 's not it 's not duplicating anything else that 's on the screen at the same time absolutely it looked the staging of that is fantastic and then Bruce steps out and he 's individually on, on each of the seven mirrors so that Jerome can't place where he is. Um, but even this fight, it, it's, it's the stuff of, of what you want to see in the show, really. This, these moments where, um, where Jerome throws the gun out and says, let's, let's go mano a mano, me and you, and, and Davi or Bruce jumps directly on his back. And then Jerome has his moment of, why did you do that? What kind of hero comes up and jumps on the back of a guy, you know? As yeah. he's
1: also slid and his, he's his knife down his knife. To, to take the advantage as well. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But you, just a really, really well put together scene. And again, as you say, uh, Bruce seeing himself in the mirror holding up a piece of glass when he's going to stab uh, Jerome and realizing, I can't kill him. Definitely. And, I it, am him.
1: and of course, then you have like just the really... Um, Hilarious moment where the cannon does go off, and um, all the the nails, the drills, the the saws that have been put into oh, the knives and forks to take out uh, Bruce have somehow done a lovely sculpture, um, and even seem to have embedded in part of the um, the 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 piece of wood that was holding uh, Bruce from behind it's like defied gravity it is brilliant it is so batman 66 in the middle of all of this kind of dark knight aspect Mm -hmm. and and real proper meaty um story for the the character of bruce wayne I loved it. Oh yeah. It, it was I, hilarious. Though. I was expecting I some cartoon laughed, sound and effects
0: and when when uh, when the cannon went off of of uh, of the Pow. Yeah, just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly or just of the of the forks, you know, dying uh, Bang. exactly. Uh, yeah. I just was expecting something like that. It was it was fabulous. That really it did, did make me smile. I think I was smiling the whole way through that scene. Some of it because of how great it is to see comic book moments on the TV show again big and, time and others because each of these actors was just playing a great part. Uh, yeah, and then it leads into the attack from uh, from Alfred and Jim and uh, and Harvey Bullock coming to the rescue again. Are we have we mentioned in the last couple of weeks about Strike Force. Strike Force seemed to have come back uh, in a big way in the G C P. Well, it needs to, but they were all killed except for one member of Strike Force in season two. There was one member left, but I think. Did they keep recruiting they them? They just must, disappeared in the yeah, background. I suspect so. But they still haven't turned up. The reason why they've been mentioned twice is: is Strike Force on their way? Yeah, they're coming soon. We'll have to take it ourselves. Was kind of Jim and Harvey in this episode again? For I the think
1: they're time. just using that instead of SWAT kind of thing. Probably. Really, and I think yeah, I mean, it would make sense for Strike Force to s- still be around. In fact, they're needed more than ever.
0: They are. <laughs> yes, they are. But yet, yeah, we do have the fantastic moment mentioned in your in your synopsis where. uh yeah, Jim. Jim takes a guy's face off with a punch. Uh, a nice compliment. It's not our. It's not our bullicism of the week, but a, but a nice compliment from from uh, Harvey later on to Jim saying, "How many guys can say that you punched a guy's face off?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a fantastic moment. And yes, the re, the reuniting of Alfred and Bruce um, at the end of the scene because effectively the reason why Bruce was going to kill Jerome was because he thought Bruce was dead. You know, he thought he thought he sorry. He thought Alfred was dead. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, So that's the whole reason why they have this big reunion. The whole reason why uh, Bruce was going to step over that line was because he thought he'd lost Alfred. Yeah. Um. So it's a, a lovely moment to have the two of them uh, and continues into the end of the episode as Alfred starts to set up the rules for Batman. Now. Yeah. He says, you've, you've been in training. Uh, what's it for? Bruce kind of goes, I don't really know. And Alfred goes, well, there is a stage now we're at. I can now train you to do something, but there needs to be rules. We need to lay out what the grand rules are for us and what we're going to be doing with these in the future. Big time, yeah. Big Batman moments here. Definitely. Yeah, really, really cool. So that is our top five points, but there is some moments at the end. Now, because it's it's a finale, we're going to bend our rules a little bit and just talk about those two extra moments, which which are both related to the Court of Owls. Number one the brussel ganger was going to be deployed so we now find out that the reason why um 514a the bruce doppelganger or brussel ganger as we like to call him uh we now know why he was taken by the court of owls they were saying that if jerome's plan had succeeded and the city went into chaos and potentially bruce had been killed they would have deployed the doppelganger in his place to take over um the continuity i suppose yep. of wayne enterprises which is really interesting but so what is he going to to do now yeah they still have are they still deployed. going
1: to deploy him and will it be dependent upon uncle frank's um showing up at jim obviously uh, at jim At that's a new bar um <laughs> at jim's uh, apartment i love the fact that jim's automatic reflex now when the door um there's someone at the door, or there's a knock at the door. Is that he takes out his gun? Yes. Gotham already is screwed, really,
0: um, in that sense. But um, I guess if you're Jim Gordon at this stage, most people, if you if they if they, <laughs> they want to come over and visit, they call in advance, right?
1: He should be in Arkham, <laughs> I think,
0: to <laughs> protect his own safety. Impossible.
1: Um But yeah, I mean, Uncle Frank here um, is a member of the Court of Owls, and is saying he will. You know, whatever is about to be uh, enacted by the court is dependent on this interaction now between Frank and Jim Mm -hmm. uh, and that Jim buys into it. Are they trying to recruit him to the course of owls or maybe they did with his father and his Father's death is it's connected to that. Possible, yeah. Absolutely. I want to know more so, about that. So
0: there's a lot of intrigue here for uh, the next episode. Like right the way back from Falcone in, in the pilot episode saying to Jim that his father and himself are very connected, that they knew each other. Yeah. Um, now kind of bringing that in potentially into the Court of Owls is, is really cool, really, really intrigued to see that. But that's top five points for the episode. Yeah. Um, John, what did you think of the episode overall, or should we go to Buddhism first? Publicism and then yeah. Bullockism. There is only one candidate for Bullockism. That we <laughs> yeah. really uh, loved the moment when Jim is trying to work out where Jerome is. He kind of goes, we need to find him. What does <laughs> Jerome want? And Harvey goes, I don't know, a puppy? I didn't talk to him. Uh, yeah, I saw the moment of Harvey. He's supposed to be the chief of police here. He's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. the, head, the head of the department, uh, of the police department in, in New York or in Gotham, excuse me. Um, but he just has no idea where Jim's going with this with this train of, of questioning. So, yeah. uh, Love the moment. But I want to reserve because I have done it a couple of times I've called out my favourite line from the episode can I do that one yeah, yeah absolutely favourite line from the episode has to go to Leslie Tom- Tompkins <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing I watched the episode twice and I couldn't stop laughing each time <laughs> she said it where she's talking back on the conversation with Jerome and says um, well I told him that you married, you, you murdered Mario on our wedding night you shot him in the head uh, it seems to be something that he laughed uh, it seems to be something that you, you guys have in common uh, you between, can
1: bond over <laughs> between Ger-
0: Jerome and Jim uh, I loved the delivery of the line It's, yeah. it's uh, while she is a spurned woman. She definitely has a bit of a sense of humour. She has a dark sense of humour and a great sense of humour. Really enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, John, what did you think of all the episode?
1: Um, This, to me, absolutely a standout. Um, I think in terms of Bruce Wayne's development, in terms of just having Jerome back causing uh, merry mayhem in, Mm -hmm. in Gotham, seeing the Court of Owls coming back into the fray and, and how that's going to relate to Jim and the Bristol ganger. Uh, obviously um, the shooting of Oswald by, by Ed Nigma. you know, what's going to happen there are Barbara and uh, Butch and Tabitha They may well attack Ed, you know, who's going to save Oswald? Will it be fish? Um, and of course, all of this just really done incredibly well. Some great visuals, and this is why I'm going to give it five face-offs out of five.
0: Excellent, well done, John. That's uh, that's you know that's kind of where I am as well. Um, this is we don't talk about this very often, but this is the second highest rated episode of Gotham on IMDb, the the um, pretty popular tool. This is one that I think is what the fans want to see. I hope they don't just take this and and use this template for every future episode. But when you're firing all cylinders in Gotham, this is the kind of episode you get. Definitely. Um, I think the episode that's just below it is um, Penguin's Umbrella from uh, Season 1, Episode 7, which was the turning point of the show. That's the one when all the people that had come on board wanted to see basically a christopher nolan movie every week once they jumped off and it was left with the people that were enjoying the show and the characters penguins umbrella is the one that changed the show into the show that it's become now yeah and this is another turning point for the show i feel is that there is is definitely it's cinematic it's certainly bloody Mm -hmm. it keeps the fun
1: yes i think always gotham episodes when they are ensemble pieces if you think here we've got um Loads of really big storylines here, all taking place from Oswald to Enigma and, and Babs, Tabs and Butch. We have Alfred and Bruce and their development, Bruce and Jerome kicking off, as well as then the Court of Owls rearing their big bright eyes um, and going to wit to woo. <laughs> Like yes. all of it, it you know it's cinematic. It has a sense of fun. It's poignant. It's intriguing. Um, you know, as I say, that that last conversation between Bruce and Alfred is really good stuff. Absolutely, really good stuff. And yeah. um, you know, the the taunting by Jerome of Bruce, really good stuff. Yeah, and um, the emotional interaction between Oswald and Ed, really really good stuff yeah. uh, and you know and then they still find time to throw in uncle frank
0: i know like and, amazing and the best part about this is as we're watching these episodes week after week we don't have a six week wait after this uh after this cliffhanger that they had in the us we get to see this next week so that's pretty cool yeah I think with that,
1: on to some feedback. I think so. And just to remember that you can uh, post your feedback directly to us at feedback at GothamTVPodcast.com. Send in any comments or discussion points or thoughts on any of the episodes of Season 3. Uh, you can also leave voicemail. Just go to GothamTVPodcast.com. Click on the right-hand side, the voicemail tab, and you can leave up to 90 seconds of, of uh, feedback. And of course, come over to the Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Gotham TV podcast, join the group and get involved in the podcast and the conversation on Gotham yeah. over there as well. Absolutely. Loads of ways.
0: So on to feedback. So our feedback this week comes in from Claire Payne. She's emailed us to feedback at com. She says, I do have questions about one part of this episode, not a negative way, but I feel it needs a little bit more explanation why Oswald thinks he created Ed Enigma. Oswald certainly helped Ed come to terms and understand why he did his previous crimes, but I never saw Ed as a jittery nervous person. He certainly lacked confidence in aspect of his life, uh, but it almost felt like a mirror image of what Fish said to Oswald in season one. Um... Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Claire. There's there's this is more. It feels like another strikeout from Oswald in a way to save himself. It, yeah, almost. absolutely. Um, desperate perhaps. man,
1: desperate situation, desperate measures. Yeah,
0: and and again, Oswald doesn't have very many friends. He doesn't have very many people that went through what he's gone through, which is murdering someone um, and being <laughs> and being you know sent off to the, to the other side. We haven't done that oh, exactly. Um, but you know, I think I think he sees a kindred spirit in somebody that's willing to kill to get. Their way ahead and he feels like because he was there at the creation of the early part of ed's career as a killer that he feels like he's kind of guided him in ways maybe yeah definitely yeah i
1: i think it is i i think it, it feels like um and ed definitely knows that oswald is not the reason for ed enigma as as he transformed ed did it on his own but Oswald has been there along the way. Oswald may think he's been helping him. And in some ways, maybe he has. Certainly in in this season, in terms of him being his right-hand man in the Merle race and all that, and trusting in Ed, then maybe it's helped Ed's confidence mm-hmm. um, to be uh, more, because Ed has become more robust, more confident yeah. as, as it goes through. Now, with I know Ed- they
0: did have that conversation, as far as I remember, there was that moment of why not just go with it kind of thing, why you're struggling against your real personality, uh, which is the guidance that Oswald gave him, why not go with it effectively. Yeah. So, with Ed Oswald, possibly we wouldn't have this version of Ed Nigma, the person that is confident enough. <laughs> this is really weird to talk about a guy who's confident enough to kill anybody in his way. But, uh, but yeah, without that guidance from Oswald, it's potentially that yeah. Ed would have gone crazy. I think crazy. thematically, it's the fact that, you know,
1: we accept in moments of uncertainty for Ed, we don't see the two alter egos within the mirror like mm-hmm. we used to do. Absolutely. It was only with Isabella coming back up that all of a sudden, that was a possibility. And yeah. even that was flipped with it being Chris Kringle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. showing up in the mirror. So, I, I I think that thematically shows the sort of the journey that Ed has gone, and that yeah. he's comfortable. He's not having to have this inner conflict or, or dialogue with his two personalities. Mm-hmm.
0: He can actually now go between the two of them to suit his purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Claire goes on to say, putting my uncertainty to one side, the actual scene back at the pier with Ed and Oz was superb. Oswald begging for Definitely. his life and Ed now knows that Oswald loves him in a not selfish, greedy way, but his devotion to Ed is true. I thought it was incredibly sad when Ed insisted that he didn't love Oswald, but with Isabella being introduced and then taken away from Ed by Oswald, this would be the outcome I'm stunned Ed shot Oswald in the stomach, then pushes him into a water grave. But we all know penguins thrive in mm. deep waters. Yes, nice. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, that Oswald's coming back. But yeah, it was a great moment. It's nice. You know, even if the character... Uh, even though the character is going to be coming back it's nice to have this real proper break between Ed and Oswald there's no repair in this situation absolutely Claire goes on to say one of my
1: favourite scenes is between Barbara and Oswald his realisation that he underestimated Barbara is brilliant the scene is played brilliantly by Erin and Robin it's not over the top it's ca- it's a calm discussion and almost seductive in a way Barbara drapes herself around Oswald's shoulders and confirms what her intentions are and how Ed fits into her plan. Mm-hmm. Bravo, loved it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, great little scene uh, in there. Sure. Bruce and Alfred showed what an incredible alliance they are together. With Jerome showing up at the manor and destroying the crystal owl, Bruce's clever ploy to Jerome in why would he kill him in private make it s- much more public with some drama and flirt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Alfred, in his own right, was superb in calling out to a hiding gym in the wings, exactly where everyone is in the room. Incredibly cool. And showing more of his double-O Alfred SAS skills. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah really good uh, scenes. Um, it says that Jerome definitely didn't disappoint and neither did his stapled face. Fabulous. The fur ground that he took Bruce to was an intriguing flare of games of torture. I did close my eyes when Bruce picked the staples out of his arm to pick his handcuffs. The hall of mirrors in the final showdown was incredible. To see how close Bruce got to killing Jerome. Thankfully Bruce's good judgement is rewarded when he leaves Jerome and sees proud Alfred waiting. Absolutely. Uh, such A great scene and worthy of any movie, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really good interaction between these two. Jim's expression when he sees Jerome with his face hanging off was priceless. Another gruesome moment that made me smile. Um, Why so serious? (laughs) So, Bruce Doppelganger is ready to be released. And what intentions does Jim's Uncle Frank have? Absolutely. Well, Jim's Uncle Frank cannot have good intentions. It looks like he's going to try and use Jim, bring him on side, but I suspect that's not going to work.
0: I know, I know. Thanks so much for your feedback, Claire. Really good to hear from you. Some great points. In Absolutely. Thank you so much, Claire. So if you want to send any feedback to us, you can just email us over at feedback at com, as John mentioned everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you want to leave a
1: voicemail, just go to GothamTVPodcast.com and click on the tab on the right-hand side and leave to up to 90 seconds of voicemail mm-hmm. on all your thoughts of Season 3 uh, so far in Gotham.
0: Absolutely. We love hearing our voicemails as well. Always yeah. good. Definitely.
1: good. Um, um, you can, of course, watch our episodes on YouTube every Wednesday, mm-hmm. or you can listen uh, to our podcast over at GothamTVPodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good or disturbed uh, podcast capture.
0: <laughs> There's a few of them out there, definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with The Stars. Of Oh, yeah. Mad City's over. The start of Heroes Rise. Uh, Yeah. Episode 15 of Gotham uh, begins the arc of Heroes Rise. Weirdly, for the start of Heroes Rise, it's called How the Riddler Got His Name. I think there might be a clash between writers and marketing there. But anyway, (laughs) uh, but we have seen one of the Heroes Rise in Gotham. We have seen Bruce. We've seen Jim. We've seen Alfred. Uh, We've seen... But Bullock obviously rising in this episode. So uh, it'll be fun to see um, this mad city turned on its head for next week. Absolutely. Um, Our
1: review will be out next Wednesday, the 19th of July. Mm -hmm. As always, it's been great talking with you. And so we will see you again next time.
0: Great talking with you as well, John. Great talking to you as well. I meant the listeners, not (laughs) you. But I also mean you. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Garthamites, for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah. See you. Looking forward to it. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.